0: Hey, this is Jim, and I'm just, uh, begging you to see how you are doing. It is, it is not great out there, um, at the moment. I, uh, I left my place to go acquire a book, which I knew was in stock at my local Barnes and Noble. And I was like, I could order it online with Omicron, but I mean, given a choice, I, I, I always rather buy it from like Barnes and Noble, um, than Amazon. Uh, it's a book for work and I go back to work tomorrow. So I'm starting to get myself in the headspace to like get back into the flow of things, like get back into the swing after two weeks off. Uh, but I, I, I pulled up outside of, uh, Barnes and Noble and I like checked my phone. Like sometimes I'll do this where, you know, you, you check like how bad are the COVID cases out there right now it's kind of like a way of calibrating myself like just how anal retentive should I be uh, regarding social distancing when I go into the store here you know uh, because there's different levels of it you know you know I gotta say early on in the pandemic if I had to go into a store it was like I attempted to avoid like keep strictly six feet of distance between you and someone else not like Mostly, most of the time, like all the time, you know, if you're coming at me, our paths are going to cross. I'm like going way out of my way to try and like, you know, keep a boundary between us, like keep the six feet of distance. Or, you know, I go down an aisle, I look down an aisle, there's somebody there. Like I'll just, I find an empty aisle if I have to cross cut across the store. You know how this goes. Uh, you know, last summer it was kind of like, who cares? You know, nobody's even wearing masks. I'm just going to like shop normally. Uh, you know, Omicron's kind of been spiking, so it's like, okay, I'll I'll take it a little bit more seriously. Maybe if there's, an, you know, uh, somebody in an aisle. I'll only go down the aisle if there's enough space to, like, you know, leave a few feet of distance. Uh, it looks like it is not good out there. I just checked, and it was kind of like, all right, the the, the number of new cases reported in the United States in the last couple of days is, like, Way above where they were during the last spike, with whatever the whatever the, whatever the peak is. If you look at like the all time, it's like okay, we're at a new all time high right now. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm at the store. Like I just I was like, okay, no no browsing, no casual shopping. I just went in, got exactly what I wanted. Walked to the register, checked out, kept strictly six feet of distance between me and everyone else, and that, that was it. And now I am sitting at uh, I'm sitting at a park. In the parking lot, I'm in my car. Um, kind of wishing I had a, wishing I had a sled. There's a whole bunch of people. Like the park that I'm at, there's like a nice hill and it's covered in snow right now and people are sledding down it and i was like i wish i could do this i wish i'd had the presence of mind like two months ago to like i was at a thrift store and there was like a whole like pile of like sleds and i was like maybe i should buy one of these because who knows maybe like it'll come in handy on the other hand i guess it would probably would be best if i didn't uh go put myself amongst this big group of people who are clearly not social distancing at all. Doesn't look like most of them are wearing masks. Uh, anyway, yeah. I do I do have the inclination to engage in the whimsy of sledding. But I'm probably not going to go buy a sled at this point. Um, yeah, so just sitting in my car, letting the sun shine down. And looking at the mountains in Colorado and Boulder, the flat irons, they're all covered in snow. This is one thing I was hoping to see in my winter here is, uh what does it look like when everything is covered in snow and I'm seeing the mountain range? There's plenty of snow right now. The roads are kind of half cleared. So it's like, you have to like be kind of careful driving, you know, you can't just like, Careen around with wild abandon the way you normally can. You can't count on traction always uh, pulling you out of a out of a tough spot. Um. Yeah, just setting the scene for you. It's actually pretty warm today. Like I think it's like fifty degrees out. Um, yesterday was like it was single digits pretty much the entire day. I think it got to be like eleven Fahrenheit. It was brutally cold. And my place, I've been learning, is not terribly well insulated against that level of cold. So I've, you know, after after the snowstorm we had a couple of days ago here in Colorado, um, it was just, I've had like a little space heater, like a little heater tower, just it's been going nonstop, just cranking at high, at high highest setting for the last 48 hours, and it was barely making a dent. Like, it said that my place was 60 degrees yesterday. It did not feel like it was 60. It felt way colder than that. So, yeah, I've um, got to get another space heater. But unfortunately, because of the fires that happened in Boulder County, there's a, there's been a run on space heaters. I, I'm guessing probably the two things I now would like to acquire for my own comfort and enjoyment, which would be a a space heater, and a sled. i uh, probably not going to find one of those too easily in the stores right now. There's probably been a run on both of those things, all things considered. Kind of a bummer. That's so how it goes. I guess I was reflecting on, you know, I always say like, okay, do whatever you're going to do. You know, if you're gonna wear like a mask, then wear a mask. If not, who cares? Get vaccinated. If you don't, I don't care about that either. And I really don't have like, I have opinions about this, but I don't assert them very strongly. You know, I'm not, uh, I'm not going around making it my problem, uh, trying to like insist other people do something other than they are. Um, now, I mean, you could read into this and say, well, I'm just being a pushover or I'm, I'm hope I'm trying not to ruffle any feathers. Like I don't want to piss anyone off. Um, that's not actually the case. Um, I am perfectly happy ruffling feathers and I'd be perfectly happy, uh, doing things to piss people off if I thought it would make any, any bit of difference whatsoever. Um, I think that what I would call out is that there are, I know that there are productive conflicts and that there are counterproductive conflicts. And almost all of the time when the whole question about, is there a virus or not? Should we wear masks or not? Should we get vaccinated or not? You know, is, is the vaccine dangerous? All of these conversations Almost all of them that come up, I kind of look at them and say, you know, whatever the circumstance I'm in and the person I'm talking to, it's not worth getting into the discussion. Or if it comes to it, then the argument, like I just, I don't see the merit of it. If I did see a merit in it, then I would definitely jump right in uh, head first. but I almost never do. Uh, to be honest, I don't really understand with full clarity the – well, there's a couple of things here. I don't really understand the anti-vaccination argument, and I should say arguments, because I haven't, like, poked around online. Like, I haven't said, okay, I want to become familiar with the texture overall, like, the landscape of the anti-vaccine movement. Or the sentiments that are expressed online, because I'm sure that would take a very, very long amount of time to get to the bottom of, and I really don't see the merit of it. It's multifaceted. It's not like there's one viewpoint out there that everyone is expressing. Um, there isn't really consensus as to why vaccines might be harmful, and I really don't feel like digging through all of that, uh, all of that shit, to be honest. Even if it ha- you know, even if one of those perspectives happens to be correct it's not worth it to me it doesn't seem very likely that any one of those is correct um so it's not really worth my trouble and to the extent that it's come up in conversations like uh there's it's been like if i meet somebody if i met somebody who was like hey i'm anti-vax i think vaccines are bad then I would say, okay, I want to hear your perspective. Like, like, as long as we're having the conversation, well, why don't you tell me what it is you think, and then I'll understand what you think. If I'm talking to an individual or group of people who believe this, then yeah, I, I want to know what is your position. I can, that's, that's a single data point. That is not, a, that is not the entire internet of anti-vaxxers, that is, you meet one anti-vaxxer and you can say, I'd like to have the dialogue here, I want you to explain to me why it is you think this. And the few occasions where that has come up, where I've had the opportunity to engage with somebody um, who has that position, it, I haven't really been able to have that conversation. Um... Like there's been other elements of the conversation besides the content that I have found off putting and that have just dissuaded me from actually digging any deeper. Um, I had a friend of mine, like one of my friends from high school, actually from middle school. Like I've known him a very long time. One of my oldest friends that I still talk to fairly regularly. Um, we have a, a tradition of talking on either Thanksgiving or Christmas just about every year. And uh, we talk at least that much. And he called me on Thanksgiving this year. I give him a call back after i had left my friend's giving event. And, you know, he, he was talking about a lot of, a lot of things. Um, and that's the thing is like, like, he, he mentioned at some point, like, okay, I didn't get vaccinated. Uh, you know, vaccinations have anecdotally, I've known some people who got celiac disease from them. I know one person who died, although that could be circumstantial. Like he, he expressed anti-vax sentiment and it's, you know, I, I didn't, I couldn't dig into it with him. I couldn't actually get my, my, I couldn't sink my teeth in and say, okay, I want to hear where you're getting this from you know, vaccines are more harmful than the disease itself. Uh, like, I, I would I would have liked to have heard what he had to say because he's not an unintelligent person. Um, you know, he, he's not like just some, you know, far fringe conspiracy person generally. And so I, I wanted to know what he had to say. But the thing is, I, I couldn't really engage him because one, the conversation was such that he called me up and it was just him talking at me for about an hour. And I was actually I was fine with that. That used to that used to bother me quite a bit when people do that. But I, it doesn't so much anymore. Um, I just kind of go with it if that's the structure of things. But I mean, he was talking about how he had recently consulted the medium uh, this is how the conversation started. It started, he'd, he recently had consulted a medium that he had, you know, been looking into various, um, I guess what you would call new age things. You know, he's into crystals and, and the thing is, I'm not opposed to this either. I'm not opposed to conversations about the, these sorts of things either. Um, like if, if people have had these experiences, I, I want to hear about them if it's something that science doesn't validate that that's fine you know like i want to hear i want to hear about what your experiences have been share them with me you know Uh i look into these sorts of things on my own i had my uh was it my my uh what do you call her my brother's wife i don't know if you can say sister-in-law she doesn't really feel like my sister. Sister-in-law, that's the appropriate term. It doesn't feel appropriate. Some of it feels wrong. Anyway, she pinged me out of the blue a couple of weeks ago and said, you know, are you interested in reading some books about, you know, past life, uh, past lives that come up when people do like regressive hypnotherapy? And I was like, well, believe it or not, yes. I've never looked into that. I'm curious about it, but it really depends on who the authors of the books are. You know, if it's somebody who's a scientist or a doctor um, who happened to come across some phenomenon that they can't really explain and they're just presenting the information to the world. Yeah. I I would love to read that. If it's just some new age wacko who's out there like and they're, they're trying to make a living based on the phenomenon they describe then, you know, not, not so much, you know, it's when when your salary or your income depends on believing something that's potentially new agey and weird, um, it's it's difficult to take the writings of such a person seriously. It's like, how much, you have some skin in the game here, like you're not independent and I'm not sure because you're not a scientist or a doctor that you know how to think critically. Uh yeah, so that's that's where I stand. You know, there's 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 lines I draw, you know. Um in case I like I I talk about some things, like I talked about astrology or you know, uh various other weird things, you know, like seeing auras or shit. Like I'm interested in this sort of thing, but it really depends on who's talking about it. You know, you have to be very, very careful. You have to always consider the source. And so, yeah, my friend calls me up and he starts talking about all of this different stuff. And I kind of got the impression that, one, there isn't really the room for a dialogue. Like, there isn't like, I try to ask like reasonable questions, like, so what does this mean to you? Or, you know, I I try to just like exude a kind of curiosity. Like, tell me more about your experience. I want to know more about what it meant to you. And he, he just sort of like moved the goalposts, like he kept switching topics in response to these questions and I was like, okay, I'm, I just, I just went with it, you know, It's like you're controlling the conversation and it's going all over the place. We can't really focus on one topic. I'm having a little bit of trouble latching on here. And, you know, I kind of got the impression, like he was, I don't know what he was hoping my reaction would be. Like, I was kind of like, I'm receptive to the ideas, but I want you to go into detail about it because the ideas themselves are not interesting enough. I kind of felt like that was his 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 hope was that he would call me up and say like, hey, you know, I uh I um oh, interesting. There's a girl with a snowboard just is heading up the hill. It looks good. Man, I, w- I wish I had something. I wonder how well I, I think I've tried using a garbage bag in the past to like you go sledding using a garbage bag. That that does not work. That's probably the only thing I could avail myself of at the moment. Anyway, no, I I felt like given all of this, like that was hopefully his reaction. He was calling me up and said like, hey, I consulted a psychic. And I'd be like, wow, that's fascinating. Just the very fact that you consulted a psychic. Why would you do that? You know, or maybe he was hoping I would argue. You know, like, I'm not sure how he was expecting me to engage, but it was clear from the way he was reacting and handling my responses that he was expecting something different. And so it just became this barrage of of different stories that were loosely interconnected. And I, it wasn't really a conversation. And that was like the first half of it. The first half of it was like maybe new age woo-woo stuff. And the second half got to be like, okay, we're talking about like the pandemic, and um as far as i've been able to glean from him and the conversations we've had it seems that he he points out that the government's response to it and the way people are handling it throughout the country or even even within a particular locality um, has been inconsistent with itself and so therefore this this might point to the conclusion that there's we're not getting the full truth about whatever this virus is supposed to be. Uh, I don't really get that conclusion from it. Like, yes, I've been seeing that the government has been massively inconsistent in how it's been handling things, but how is that news? That's not anything new. That's the government for you. They, They do not handle things rationally or logically or consistently. And to the extent that you kind of leave it up to people to determine for themselves, like, which restaurants or bars will be open, when are they open, how much are they open, what are their mask mandates, um, people are kind of taking liberties. And people are taking different kinds of liberties. You're not seeing consistency in how people, like, take the government's advice. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're getting inconsistent messages. The rules don't seem to, like, gel with each other, and People are not observing things consistently. This seems like par for the course. This is not indicative of this must mean there is no virus and there is some conspiracy there. I don't know what he believes, but, you know, I I don't see anything amiss in all of this. Like, there's nothing that indicates there's some funny business going on that needs further investigation. But so far, I haven't seen anything of the sort. All this to say, you know, the conversation I had, like, there really wasn't an opportunity To like ask him in this particular example, like, so tell me why you're anti vax. He gave me some anecdotes about how there were people who were adversely affected by them. And I do wonder about that. I do, I I, I am, I am very seriously concerned about, you know, I don't know very much about mRNA vaccinations, which is, uh, those are the ones I got, the, the double dose of Pfizer. Um, I don't know much about those. I don't know much about the risk. I I was very, you know, compliant and, you know, it's like, okay, there's a vaccination available. It's in everyone's interest. If you get it, I was like, that sounds fine to me. I'm not going to do a bunch of exhaustive research. Um, not going to go digging for like, who's had adverse reactions. Like, it sounds like if I have an adverse reaction, it's just something I got to deal with, um, for the greater good so to speak. But, um, so I, I really haven't been able to have any conversations with people who hold a dissenting viewpoint from my own who are looking at things more critically. So I don't really know. you know I haven't been able to like engage in those conversations like develop an understanding to the point where I could even begin to have a debate. Because it has to start there. I feel like there, there's this issue where somebody makes an offhand comment. Like you're at a family gathering, you know, and you're at Christmas or something, and somebody makes an offhand comment about how you shouldn't get the vaccine. And all of a sudden it sets off like a hornet's nest of controversy. People start arguing and yelling at each other. It's like there's too much ambiguity in what the person just said. You You can't really jump in. And contradict it quite yet you have to know what it is they're saying and then respond to that understanding or misunderstanding as the case might be uh we just we assume too much when we hear too little you know and i i i make a very very concerted effort not to do that and besides even when you're talking about the facts you know like I've mentioned this before, but my brother's wife, sister-in-law, whatever the hell she is, like, she is a nurse and she is definitely working her keister off under what are, what seem to me to be very, very hazardous conditions. Um, you know, she's dealing with a lot of COVID cases. She's right there on the front line seeing patients and, you know, she's, she's very, very, very smart you know and she she does have people in her family that are more more questioning about these sorts of things like we shouldn't wear masks even when they tell us to because it's our that involves our liberties and our freedoms and you know she she expresses frustration to me about how there's very very clear-cut science around all of these things and people refuse to accept the science And, you know, I I often, she brings this up as a conversation. I think what she wants from me, I think the response she's looking for is like, yeah, these people who refuse to listen to science, they're morons. Like she wants some sort of empathy. Like I understand your position and damn, it sucks that you're facing all of the skepticism, which is quite frankly making your job way harder than it really should be. She wants that, but I never take the conversation there. I never respond that way. I always just sort of like, Drop the sort of rhetorical Socratic question of, why is it that people who are skeptical in this way, why are they skeptical? And she she she's always kind of like, okay, I see what you're trying to do, and you know, fuck off, I don't want to have that conversation. But what am I really saying? How would I articulate what it is I'm actually talking about? And I would say that like this is this is what. This is why I am so cool and collected with people who don't follow the science. Uh, on the individual level, if somebody happens to believe that the vaccines are harmful, you know, they've, they've gone looking and they've found information that like you should not get a COVID vaccine because it will adversely affect you in X way. It's dangerous. Or, you know, the the threat that comes from us all wearing masks and just being completely compliant and obedient to the government like that's a greater risk than the virus itself right which is i think a a, not an unreasonable summary of the anti-masker position uh generally um if people hold these beliefs i'm kind of curious what sort of facts back them up what sort of information what data points they have that back them up but I'm I'm really less interested in that and more interested in what is it about how should I put this what I'm most interested in is what are the what are the reasons you've chosen to take this position See, what I think is that there are, there are very legitimate and undeniable, like validatable fears that people have that makes them adopt these positions. And it's my fear that when people quiver, quibble, sorry, they quibble over information like this, like they they argue about the facts. They say like, well, the data on vaccines says they're safe. This other data says it's not. When you get to that point, what people are really arguing about is something that's below that. There's a reason people have chosen the data that they've chosen to back up their position and their position itself is based on emotional reasoning uh, more than anything else. So the anti-masker position Don't wear masks. There's a very real fear there that if we are too subservient to government power, that this sets a very, very dangerous precedent and that it will be abused. That's one example. Like this, this might be the underlying fear. People are afraid of, of that. And the fact that it's an emotional fear reaction means that it can't by definition be invalid. If somebody has that fear, it could be that what information they're operating on, whatever it is that's triggering that emotional reaction, perhaps that's not complete, perhaps it's misinformed, but it's very, very real. People have these sorts of fear reactions, and they're they're very real to them. They're very meaningful to them. And you, you sort of look for knowledge and information and data that backs up things that you've concluded in a knee-jerk fashion. And so it's a concern to me uh, when people are having these arguments and it seems like one person is saying to the other, in effect, you know, the thing that you're afraid of, you shouldn't be afraid of it. You're being ridiculous. And the other person replies with, well, you're afraid of something different and you shouldn't be afraid of that. Uh, you're just being ridiculous. On the surface, it seems to be something that is about material facts, but it's about, it's really about the psychological state of the individual. Like, what are they doing? What agenda are they advancing in order to further their own sense of psychological safety? I feel like that is what everyone is doing at the moment. And I have a very, very difficult time approaching a conversation in which there's a dispute about vaccinations or masks or about the presence of the virus, where you argue over what the facts are or argue over what the accurate data is and you ignore what it is that led the person to what they believe in the first place. Because I, I think that is the, this is, you know, to use a buzzword, the compassionate approach. It's like, I'd like to understand what it is you are thinking. Now, I, I definitely accept and admit and concede right off the bat that I'm, I'm in a position where I can actually be somewhat chill. Like, I'm, I don't have a lot of skin in the game. I, I have a job. I will probably continue to have a job uh throughout the, the duration of the pandemic, unless I choose not to. I work remotely. There's nothing that forces me to be in touch with the public. And, you know, so honestly, if I meet dissenting viewpoints, it's not... it's not a I don't have a whole lot of skin in the game you know it's different with my here we go again my brother's wife sister-in-law whatever it's different because she's a medical practitioner like she's she's a nurse practitioner she's dealing with COVID it's very very difficult to look at things dispassionately when you're in her shoes and that I understand I probably could do better to show her a little bit more empathy and just give her the reaction she's looking for when she expresses these sorts of frustrations. Like, how dare these people ignore the science? Because here's what gets my goat about all of this. Like, if you if you would like to believe that the vaccines are bad for you, that there's, there's greater harm in getting the vaccination, getting any vaccination against COVID, there's more danger there than in getting COVID itself. I understand that you have that position. I understand that that's going to guide your decisions. Uh, the only thing I would insist upon is consistency, meaning that if you decide not to get vaccinated and you accept the consequences that that has for yourself and for people around you, that you choose to responsibly, you accept those consequences should they come home to roost. And so what is frustrating to me and what I think should be frustrating to any reasonable person is that you have people who are saying, I don't want to get vaccinated because I think the vaccines are bad. But then they get, they come down with a case of COVID. The virus finds them. And then they go to the hospital for treatment for the vaccine. It's like, okay, you're, you're leaning on some pseudoscience to make a decision about your health. But as soon as like you have a, an adverse health reaction because you got the virus, you're, you're suddenly leaning on the medical establishment. It's kind of like there's, there's a scene in The Simpsons where I don't remember what it is. Like, like there's a mob mentality that breaks out and they're like, damn it. You know, this all happened because of science. You know, let's go to the natural history museum and like, burn the place down <laughs> like the hell with medical science it put us uh, you know it caused this this problem or this conflict that we're dealing with and like mo the bartender is like whacking the, the leg of like a, a woolly mammoth skeleton and one of its tusks falls and like you know hits him on the back and he falls down underneath it he's like crushed under the weight and he's like damn i'm paralyzed i just hope medical science can cure me like the, <laughs> and that this is it in a nutshell this is what we this is what we're seeing and this is what bothers me the most like i only ever ask for consistency if you insist on consistency i think that pushes people in to the extent that you can push people that pushes people in the right direction like adopt a viewpoint but understand that if you are Rejecting the vaccination, you are accepting the consequences of that rejection, and you have to deal with those pretty much on your own. If you're turning away from society in preventative measures to prevent getting the the disease, don't fall back on the medical establishment and science when it bites you in the ass. Simple as that. Stay home and ride it out. You know, hope that, uh, you don't need a respirator. No, I mean, I'm not saying like, I don't really strictly believe that's true. Um, if, if you're at home dying of coronavirus and it's because you chose not to get the vaccination, I would not hope that anybody in that situation dies. You know, like that was a very expensive lesson there, but now you know better for next time. Like, no i'm saying in foresight if you think the whole thing through people would be taking a very very different course of action that and there's this is like the individual level so if i meet a person who has some dissenting opinion i can look at them and i can engage and not lose my shit Like I could be at a family gathering and just sort of sit and watch this argument unfold between two different people. Should we get vaccinated or not? Is there a virus or not? I I could watch these and just sort of, I don't know, sit back and observe. I would like, you know, grab my bowl of macaroni and cheese and my, uh, you know, spoon and just sit there and eat and just observe, you know, like I'm watching an experiment unfold like it's some sort of psychological test or trial (laughs) Um, there's another idea which I don't think I've ever really put out there which is more about the mass psychology of this like so I, I understand that people have underlying reasons for choosing to believe things the way that they do Choosing to believe, let's say, misinformation instead of information, like good, real, solid, peer-reviewed information. And there's there's always a question when dealing with an individual or a group as to why that is. Now, in the aggregate, it's a much more difficult question. And there's one thing that I learned from Carl Jung. Uh, he, he expressed the point differently, or, i sorry, he expressed the point on numerous different occasions in his writings where he says that the psychology of the individual is roughly equivalent to the psychology of the masses. That you can't have, you can't have a a, a massive cluster, like 10,000 people who are just idiots uh, they can't produce the work of a genius. And that's about intellect, but he he means that the point can be extrapolated more generally psychologically. And so the, the psychology of the individual uh has a direct bearing on the psychology of the masses. And mass psychology is something that I know nothing about. It's it's something that I have not I'm not even sure what that is called. And if there's a, if there's a name for it, I certainly haven't studied it. Really, the only thing I'm going on is this idea from Carl Jung that whatever the psychological health of individuals in a population are, the overall psychological health of the population and how they behave will look very similar. Any functional behavior or dysfunctional behavior that you would observe in the individuals in a population would manifest itself in roughly the same way in the aggregate. And so yes, we are, we're, we're a nation of conflicted people. But what could possibly be the benefit of that? You have all of these people saying, okay, don't wear masks because of the threat to individual liberty the fear of government coercion let's say or don't trust the vaccine despite what science says because science let's say cannot be fully trusted you know they they rush the vaccines out to market vaccinations may be harmful anyway and these are generally untested they're using the population the overall population As guinea pigs to test something that hasn't been been well tested so why does this exist if you just consider it in evolutionary terms and only on those terms alone like why why would people's minds go in this direction like wouldn't it benefit everyone both individuals and the population and in any any progeny we're looking to caretake, wouldn't it benefit everyone involved if people were more rational about this? If they listened to the science, got vaccinated, so on and so forth. Like why is our dissenting viewpoints that refuse to listen to what seems to be perfectly plain information? Like why would that trait survive in a population? And I don't have an answer for this question. But I have a hypothetical that I think might surface the question for people or at the very least shed some light on what it is I'm getting at. Um, so let's let's consider this is all hypothetical. Let's imagine there are two separate There's two alternate universes. Consider the the multiverse, and there's infinite possibilities. You do the whole Rick and Morty thing, right? Or fringe, if you like. And you have two different alternate versions of the United States in two separate worlds, in two separate universes. And let's say that this split happens early on or before the pandemic hits the United States or the world. All right. And so let's imagine that in one universe is our universe. And you have this split over people argue about the, the merits of the vaccine or masks and so on and so forth. This is the world you live in. I don't have to uh I don't have to elaborate on it. But in an alternate universe, you have a United States in which everyone is perfectly accepting of what the government reports. And everyone is 100% compliant uh, with what the government says. You know, they say there is a virus and we need to shut the entire economy down to prevent its spread, to prevent deaths. And everybody is just on board with this. There's really no reason to resist this. Everybody should wear masks. Everybody's immediately on board because the people in authority say so. Um, we have a vaccine. Get that, you know. And so it's, it's, if you're familiar with psychology, you can probably see where I'm going here. It's kind of like the ash experiments, you know, at some point, um, isn't it possible that it's harmful for there to be simple and unquestioning obedience to authority? What if nobody questions what everyone else is saying? Now, arguably you could say that in this universe, it would be better than our universe for the sake of, if you consider the impacts of the virus and the pandemic, because everyone would be vaccinated. Everyone would be wearing masks. It's quite possible that in this alternate universe, we would have licked coronavirus a long time ago. And people in this universe have been out of the woods so they'd be surprised. To learn about an alternate universe where anything was different. But the problem is you're only considering what the impact of such a compliant society has on the pandemic. The question is, is if you have a society that is that compliant, that unquestioning, that receptive to any instructions given to them by people in authority, voluntarily, if they refuse to question things for themselves. You know, it's not like China where it's coerced. I'm talking about people just sort of all go along with it. You know, they are in fact sheeple and nobody is scrutinizing anything. Like, is there genuine science or legitimate science behind the vaccine? Nobody's asking these questions. Everybody just gets it and the virus goes away. The question is, what are the other impacts? Because the pandemic and this particular disease is not the only thing that human nature has to respond to. And I don't think that the concerns about the government becoming, if you have a massively compliant population, I think that is something that could be abused by even the most well-meaning version of the United States. Sorry, by the most well-meaning version of the government of the United States what I mean to say. It's like if you have a a population that is completely compliant and does not question uh, what the government tells it to do, if no one is asking those questions, then sooner or later that leads to abuse of that very authority. Once the government catches on, like we can just tell people to do whatever. It will inevitably lead to directives that may not be in the public's interest. And it's quite possible that such a system wouldn't be stable in the long term. It could be that such a society would collapse right quickly. And so I don't know if this is the way that it would play out. I think that the dangers of of too much government power are pretty well demonstrated. There's precedent for it if you look at either the Nazis or potentially the, like what happened in China, for example. Um, There is the potential for fascism and abuse of power um, that you can very, very clearly see without having to look too far into history. And so I, I do think that there may be, if you consider, the United States in the aggregate, or a state in the aggregate, for there to be some dissent. There, there may be an overall benefit in the very, very long term. If you, if you pull back and the pandemic, this particular virus is only one factor among many. My question is, isn't it possible that all of this dissent we're seeing, as much problems as it's causing in this particular circumstance, if you consider all circumstances globally throughout time and space, is it possible that such dissension is a good thing? Now, I don't know the answer to that question. It is strictly rhetorical, and it's meant to shed some light on why it is, I seem, so laissez-faire about what's going on out there, how it is I can talk about it dispassionately, and I'm not, I don't come on here and foam with the mouth about people that disagree with me, and I really don't even feel that anger. I can't say the same thing about myself 10 years ago. I will concede that. You, you wanna go back and talk to the gym of uh yeah hold on it's getting a little chilly here sun is going down i no longer have a direct line of sight on the here we go let's get the car on get some heat going okay just had a little scare there i looked down and saw that uh the, the phone was not recording at all and I kind of freaked out and thought I'd just been talking for an hour to, to nobody but myself, and it was all lost. And uh, turns out it's just me turning on the car, stop the recording, like it's it's hooked up via cable. And uh, yeah, the interplay between the phone and the car when it's hooked up is um, very confusing. Like it's clear that whoever designed the latest iPhone and whoever designed the you know, iPhone interface, the USB interface for the car, they did not uh, get together and work shit out. It's it's very random and haphazard. Anyway, um, this was a fairly long-winded and very detailed way of kind of laying out what my position is. But it's an old idea. I don't think it's like voiced nearly quite often enough. I think it comes from like William James, uh, like probably like the greatest psychologist of all time and guy who pretty much founds modern psychology as we know it, if if no one else can be said to do so. Um, he said that like people, people make decisions about what it is they want to believe based on emotion and then they find information that backs all of that up. And I'm my own experience in my own experience, like that pretty much holds true. Um, And so I'm much more curious about what are the underlying emotional reasons for adopting any particular point of view, and not let's argue about what the point of view and the, the data is. You know, when you when you hit some kind of conflict, if you can if you can go into your adult life with that perspective in mind, I think you're way ahead of like 99% of other people at least. And, you know, if you can even maintain the kind of composure that that gives you in those conflicts, most of the time, you're ahead of just about everyone. It's a very, very difficult thing to do. It's a very, very difficult idea to ingrain. But this is, this is absolutely what I mean. Like I, I take the same position about politics when there are political differences between liberals and conservatives. you know, I often say like, well, there's kind of truth on both sides. Um, I don't mean that like the 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 correct position is somewhere in between the two extremes. That is actually a logical fallacy or a philosophical fallacy called the the argument to moderation. It is not true. But what I believe is that human psychology trumps human reasoning and emotions, uh, the initial knee jerk emotions are, are based on something, uh, other than rationally processed information. You know, I find it very, very interesting, like people who People who call themselves atheism, or nah, I'm yeah. People who call themselves atheists, people who represent the new atheistic movement, which started 15 years ago with like Richard Dawkins and Sam Harris and Christopher Hitchens. Um, they seem to make two points. One, uh, you know, religion has always existed as long as human beings have been human beings in the way that we know them, as long as they've been a species. Uh, Even like the Neanderthals, you know, um, not just Homo sapiens, but as long as like hominids with some capacity for consciousness or awareness in the way that we have it have, have existed, there has always been religion. Human beings have always invented gods. And you know, therefore Christianity is just the latest among these arbitrary inventions and we, we would, we would do fine to just, you know, get rid of it. But at the same time, what you're talking about is getting rid of something. You're saying well, we should just cast off, uh, an understanding of the world, like mythological systems that we have, that have always been there. My question is: Don't you think it's a little bit contradictory uh, to say, you know, this thing that is omnipresent throughout history? Let's let's just try and get rid of it. Let's insist that it can be done away with. How do you know that's possible? And second of all, like scientists, evolutionary biologists in particular are they're very quick to point out that evolution. Like, where we are in evolution, like, we as human beings are not the pinnacle of evolution. You know, we are somewhere on the evolutionary tree, but we are not at the top of some sort of supposed hierarchy. You know, we are not, we are just one branch on a tree, and it will continue to branch out, presumably, in other directions. But we are not the pinnacle. They're very quick to point out that we are not the pinnacle or the goal of evolution, and yet at the same time they will say, Well, you know, we're far enough along in our evolution. We're like we're different enough from everything that we've left behind below us that we have the intellectual capacity to cast off this thing that is omnipresent in our entire history, the entire lineage of our ancestors. Yeah. We can just were special enough to be able to pull that off. You don't see that there's a discrepancy here that cannot really be reconciled. Um, And how the hell did I get here? Uh, Yeah, so all this to say, like, I don't think. um, No, that's not how I got here. Okay, I got lost wandering around. In what, I'm, what I'm talking about? Uh, I didn't really plan on doing this, people. I just um, I'm sitting in a I'm sitting in a park, and as long as I'm over on this side of town where all the shopping is, I'm like, okay, I ventured out. Apparently, the coronavirus is looking very, very bad right now. The case count is so high. Look, as long as I ventured out, I'm waiting for the foot traffic at the grocery stores to die down. And I'm gonna go. Stock up on a whole mess of food, and time. I guess as long as I'm out here and I've, I've put myself out here, um, and because it looks like, the number of cases is increasing, I should probably stock up on as much food as possible. Batten down the hatches, so to speak, because it looks like we're in this for the long haul. So, yeah, I'm just sort of four o'clock. I don't know, maybe I, maybe I should just go home and venture back out later once. It's not like I live that far away. I live only a mile and a half away and the roads aren't that bad. Um, yeah, I was kind of hoping to get out. I was cooped up yesterday because of the cold and it was, uh, I don't know. The one thing you hope for when you're stuck at home, like if you're snowed in or frozen in and you can't go out, you know, the roads are blocked. You just hope that like you don't also have one of those days where you you have one of those days where you wake up and you're like, you know, mentally, I am just not here right now. Like nothing is getting done. I'm not going to be productive at all. I'm not going to be able to like get any housework done. I'm not going to be able to read I don't even feel like I have the energy to watch TV. Like you just, you hope that those two kinds of days never coincide. Yesterday was one of those for me. I woke up and I was like, I'm not going to be productive in the house and I cannot leave the house either. So it was just, it was really a, those days always frustrate me because I always feel like I should be doing something. You know, I don't feel like I should just be sitting around staring at the wall, but maybe that's what I needed. Who knows? (laughs) <laughs> uh yeah. But yeah, uh, I think where I was going with this is, is politics. Um and this this pretty much closes this is the closing paragraph of whatever you know essay I was setting up. You know, you have the introductory paragraph with the thesis and then the three body paragraphs and this is the closing point. It's true with with uh politics as well. You know, I've I've learned to become in my older and less energetic years, just sort of like, okay, there's an understanding that conservatives and liberals choose to adopt certain viewpoints. And there's underlying there's underlying needs for psychological safety or stability that back those up. You know, underneath any viewpoint, however irrational, and you have a multiplicity of conflicting and irreconcilable viewpoints based on irreconcilable data points, um, you have these in the population because I think underneath both of them, underneath both sides, like Republican and Democrat, you have very real, very legitimate fears That if you take them to their logical extremes and build up cases rationally on top of them are at odds with each other. And I feel like that's just that's just that's just par for the course. I mean, for one thing, that's how this country got started. Like, do we fight the British or do we not? Like, this is our country's original sin. It probably goes beyond this country. It's probably just humanity's original sin. There was something very, very interesting I read in a lecture, uh, from Carl Jung. He was talking about how the, you have the conscious mind and you have the unconscious mind, and usually the unconscious will take a contrary position to consciousness. It's trying to like balance you out in a sort of regulatory way. It's it's like kind of like a psychological homeostasis. I don't want to delve into that idea, but somebody asked the question like, well, if, if the unconscious that sits below consciousness is constantly asserting itself, you know, and trying to like bring itself into conflict in a productive fashion with consciousness, um, how do you get rid of the conflict? And to this question, Jung replied, you, you don't do that because you can't get rid of conflict. Like if you get rid of conflict, it basically means you're dead. Like there has to be a, like a potential difference in your mind for energy to flow. Cause if that did not exist, you'd be dead long before you died and that would not be a good situation. And so really, if the psychology of the individual is the same, it's reflective of mass psychology then there has to be conflict within a population because otherwise you have stagnation and stagnation is i think worse than conflict it's an argument i can buy intuitively i don't know if i can back it up but anyway so that's what's going on with my sunday i'm still watching the letters crowd's kind of thinning out I'm starting to wonder if if I couldn't well anywhere I I don't want to go in any stores right now like it's bad enough out there that I'm gonna limit my shopping to groceries only I'm not going out and doing anything unnecessary no more thrift shopping no more bookstores it's all I got everything I need I am until I see the numbers of coronavirus uh, drop. I'm not uh, going out for anything other than food and the doctor. Yeah, that's my position. I'm sticking to it. Uh, so I had a... Uh, I had a, a weird crate of food appear on my doorstep like a few days ago. And it's clearly like somebody, like one of those, um, I don't know, like cardboard crates that is used in a grocery store to organize produce or to cart produce around. Like somebody had one of those and they filled it up with like a random assortment of things. Like it looks like a goodie package, like a gift basket of stuff that you might give to somebody as a holiday gift. Like that just appeared on my doorstep, um, a few days ago, with no notice—like there's no, there's no note, there's no explanation for where it came from—it just materialized there. And to be honest, I—I I know my—I have—I have not read uh, Virgil. I have not read the Aeneid, um, but I do know the old phrase. Um, was it, Meo de at Dona Ferentes. fear the Greeks even when they bring gifts, the whole Trojan horse thing, which is a Latin phrase I only know because of uh, you know Sean Connery in the Rock and not because I've actually read the old Roman poet um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like I I am very, very suspicious of a package that just uh, you know arrives on my porch full of food with no explanation as to where it came from. I can't imagine like anybody's trying to poison me, but, um, I don't think I know anybody in town. I don't know anybody in town well enough who was in town on the day that it appeared that I I'd be willing to trust that it maybe came from them. You know, like I don't, uh, I, I I could I could ask them, but that none of them were in town. It's like everyone else. I don't have any. Re, I don't have any reason to believe that like one of my neighbors. Why would one of my neighbors do that? I've never talked to any of my neighbors except for the one who lives above me. And I I doubt. I I, I doubt he's like offering me like here you know just for being a good neighbor. Here's a whole bunch of stuff. Like it's at least it looks like thirty or forty dollars worth of worth of stuff that he whoever it is put together. Don't think my upstairs neighbor does that. And if it was him, I I don't think I trust it for reasons I went into last time. I think we're talking about untreated bipolar disorder up there. Something. There's a lack of psychological stability, you know, Um, which I probably haven't explained very well, but, uh, no, it's like I was listening to him today. I was home earlier and he's having one of his days where he's doing a lot of walking and it's very difficult to explain without hearing it, but it's the walking he's doing is clearly purposeful, but it's it's frenzied and it's frantic and it's agitated and it's heavy and it's it it's so it just has those characteristics to it. You kind of feel them. And I don't know if I'm projecting here. I don't think so. Um, it has those qualities to it that you think there must be something going on. It feels like a manic state. That's the story I'm telling myself because that's at least I don't know. You have, you have I have compassion for that sort of thing. You know, I have like, oh, there's my roommate who lives above me who's struggling from mental health issues, and so he's running all over the place, making all kinds of noise. Like that's like cognitive reappraisal. You just, you pick a story that allows you to, you know, deal with it in the easiest fashion. If you're going to lie to yourself, pick the lie that, you know, has has the least impact on you and your own well-being. You know, somebody cuts you off in traffic, you're like, well, they were probably rushing their child to the hospital or something. If you can, if you can like play off near misses like that, um, a lot better for your stress levels. I'm not saying that shit's easy to do, but if you can, you know, totally worth it. That's what this whole thing is. Everything I've been talking about, this is all cognitive reappraisal. I'm reading the same news you are, I'm reading the same stories about people like getting up in arms and protesting, and I'm like, what the fuck, you know? I'm certainly having my own inward emotional reactions, but you know, it's like. I have some intellectual way of explaining them. Of kind of talking them away. And that, that is what keeps me sane. This whole thing is me picking a story about human nature and about psychological safety that, that is allowing me to maintain my sanity and in, in the face of all of this. You know, it's not that I'm a cold, calculating, robotic, Non-human. I am, (laughs) I am just picking the story that allows me to deal with this shit as easy as I can. That's pretty much what everyone else is doing. So what I'm saying is not wholly unique. It's just an alternative viewpoint that might help you maintain your sanity if you can follow what I'm saying and if you can buy into it. That's all. Okay. I keep coming back around to the same point. I mean to move on and talk about other things, but. Um, you know I kind of I wonder about like Amazon couriers like I, I kind of wish there was more configurable options for things like there, there are some times when I realize on the weekend that I want to order something like maybe on a Saturday night but I'm really really hesitant to like place the order then because I'm like you know, that might go into the system. And somebody in a warehouse who's working on a Saturday night when I, I don't think people should be working, like they have to, they have to like fulfill this order. Somebody's going to like have the robot, bring the item over. They got to box it up, put the label on. Like, I, I don't know, like in the Amazon warehouses, I don't know how much is done by humans versus robots now. That's that's another question. I have not looked into this in a Probably close to a decade, but there's it's kind of like if it were me, if I had some kind of way of choosing I would say like look, I don't need this urgently like just fulfilled orders during normal business hours and it gets to me when it gets to me you know it, I, I don't like, I have no reason to cancel prime I want prime for other things like the videos and stuff but yeah, it was that the way it would be if I weren't Prime. Like it's like okay, you'll get it when you get it, and we're not we're not gonna have people working overnight. That's what I always feel terrible about. Like the, you order something, and it's like okay, two days shipping. That's great, but the reality of that is somebody else's reality. And there's so much shit flying around right now. It's like you 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 kind of like track your package. And you see that, like, okay, it left such and such, you know, shipping facility down in Denver at like two thirty in the morning. Like, well, that somebody's scanning it. Somebody's in like some mailing shipping warehouse at two thirty in the morning, and they're they're handling all of these packages somehow. It's like, that's kind of fucked up. Like, I I don't need it that badly that I want somebody to be working all night Tuesday. And you know it, it arrives, and uh yeah, I don't, I don't quite know what you can do about that. I guess you you could change your prime delivery day to Friday, so that really it's it's only later in the week that these orders start to get fulfilled. But I mean, everybody can't do that. I mean, the categorical imperative, it wouldn't work. Um, there's also like I ordered something. I think on, on Wednesday. Oh, somebody just took a spill. I slipped. Uh, I got back up. They're okay. I ordered something on Wednesday. And it's kind of like, okay, with two days shipping, it will arrive on December 31st. And I was like, okay, I kind of feel bad having somebody out delivering packages on New Year's Eve, but I really would like this thing. Uh, and it's not Christmas. I would insist on not getting any deliveries on Christmas Eve. Or, you know, I set a buffer. There's always a boundary. It's like, I'm not going to go shopping past the 22nd of December. Like I just allow a few days around Christmas when nobody should be working. Nobody should be going out. I, I try not to, I try not to make it so that the money I'm spending is incentivizing things to stay open on those days. Like I feel like everybody should get a few days off. And I try to do that with my wallet, even though it's probably not making any lick of difference whatsoever um but I was like okay so you know if I order this thing now with two-day shipping it's gonna get here on December 31st and I'm looking outside and the thing is the weather is fine it's like 50 degrees out it's sunny you know it's been a very very temperate fall there hasn't been a lot of cold weather there's been no precipitation whatsoever it's been gorgeous And so I think, okay, let's do it. But, uh, you know, come December 31st, you wake up that day and suddenly there's, around noon, a massive snowstorm arrives. and starts, you know, piling snow up uh, several inches of it, you know. Conditions on the road are absolutely terrible, you know. Under these circumstances, I'm kind of looking and I'm thinking, okay, well, the thing that I ordered that's supposed to arrive today, I don't care if it doesn't arrive today. I would, I would rather wait for the roads to be cleared and get it then. I don't need somebody out scrambling, driving one of those crazy prime delivery vans out in the snow just so I can get this thing, which is, you know, really not necessary at all. Uh, but you know, to their credit, it showed up. I, I came home from a rather long walk in the snow um out in the snowstorm and I, I found like a, you know, package sitting on my porch. I was like, Oh, that's the thing. Somebody's actually out driving in this and they, they took the trouble to drive over to my place and to drop this on my front porch. And I've never really availed myself of it. I know they ask you, like Amazon sends you an email every time it says, Hey, this has been delivered how was your delivery? And there's like a thumbs up and thumbs down. I'd never clicked on that. Um, I don't really know what that would, I don't really know what that would do. But in this case, I clicked on the thumbs up and it takes you to a web form where you can like choose from like a few options. Like there's some icons. You can say, well, what was it about this delivery that was really good? Why are you actually clicking the thumbs up? And one of the items you could choose was above and beyond. Like the deliverer just went out of their way. And I I chose that. I was like, yeah, whoever it is that that did this, I got to, I got to give them the credit. So I'm just pointing this out in case like we're all getting those emails. If you're ordering shit on Amazon, like maybe you've gotten them and you're kind of like, what happens if I click, does it matter if I click on thumbs up or thumbs down? I think it, probably could. You you can be more granular than just thumbs up and thumbs down. There are reasons you can pick. So, you know, if a driver goes out of their way, you know, really exceeds your expectations, you can let them know. And I don't know what that means for the drivers. I don't know if like if they get promoted or if they get bonuses for getting so many, you know, I don't know I don't know how it affects the workers. Honestly, can't say. But uh, trying not to be a dick is, I think, my only point. I'm like, I'm one of my, I'm virtuous signaling here, people, <laughs> be, being considerate of you know the people packaging up the shit that I want. There's a line from like waiting. It's an old movie. It's like maybe 20 years old at this point with Ryan Reynolds and um, Justin Long in it. they they play waiters or servers in a TGI Friday's kind of restaurant, one of those major chains. And it's kind of like at some point they, they, uh, you know, start messing with someone's food and whoever the customer is, it's doing it. She's, she's really a very unpleasant person. She's really quite snotty and, and angry and she has a scowl to her, you know? And, uh, you know, Ryan Reynolds is talking to a trainee when they bring out this uh soiled plate of food. And, you know, Ryan Reynolds is kind of saying, like, you know, should we feel good about what just happened here? No, but she broke the cardinal rule, and that's do not fuck with the people who bring you your food. Uh... I kind of feel like the whole, we have an Amazon delivery system, like the logistics and the packaging and all of it. Um, I feel like that is like that restaurant writ large. It is just on a massive scale. And so it's kind of like whoever is out there delivering shit to me when I order it on Amazon. Uh, thank you. All of the people who have a hand in that, you know, um, it doesn't just stop at, like, the the publishing houses and the authors. Uh, it's now, like, well, it's a whole different system. But, yeah, uh, I try not to fuck with those people. I try not to fuck with the people who are bringing me my shit, you know. Um, I don't quite know how to thank them either. You know, it's, it's always some different person. Like, I don't think I get one... It's not like you have one single mailman. So it's not like you you could go out around the holidays and say, "Hey, I want to I want to tip my Amazon Prime delivery person." It's just it's just the dude who happens to be doing it that day. You know, if you go out just before Christmas and say, "Here's a card with a little something for you," you know. That's actually not legal. I looked into this. Like if you do that, like mail carriers like with the United States Postal Service are not legally allowed to accept gifts There must be some reason for that like i guess bribes might be i don't know why it's illegal but you, you they, they're not technically allowed to accept any sort of compensation at least of monetary I, I think i remember looking at it and the way it was worded it was like you could bake them cookies and give them cookies and if they trusted you they might eat the cookies, gratefully, but, uh, you know, nothing, nothing financial. You can't give them gift cards. Just like that kind of sucks, you know. But you, you can't do it. It's not possible to do this with, uh, you know, Amazon delivery drivers because there's a lack of consistency. You can't say, like, thanks for being a good sport all year. Here you go. You're just giving it to some arbitrary person who's doing it that day. Anyway, this is this, this is starting to feel like you know white guilt. Like I feel bad about the Amazon. Like it, it's it's totally fine. You know, I'm not a prime delivery driver. I don't have to deal with the the bullshit they do. I guess I should just be grateful for that and not um, talk about all this classist shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm not a Marxist, even if it sounds like that. I just I have I have too much empathy for my fellow human beings. Um looking around now, this is starting to get up there. This has been long enough. I think I might cut this off and head uh I'm gonna head home. Might pick this up later, but um Yeah we'll see. If not Actually this is like now we're in twenty minutes, I'll leave this on its own and publish it as is. Uh Well so it's looking like shit is getting real out there. At least if you're in the United States. Um, and it looks to be true where I'm at as well, which is Colorado and Boulder County. I um, I hope you are unaffected, whoever you might be. I actually hope that if you're listening to this, it's far enough out in the future that everything I've said so far doesn't even, uh, it's not even relevant anymore. Like It's it's become just part of, it's been, been obsoleted by circumstances, you know. We've come to the end. All the people that got vaccinated and the virus went away, they're like, we feel vindicated because we got vaccinated and it killed the virus. And all the people that didn't get vaccinated, they're like, see, we didn't do anything and it went away on its own and everyone, they also feel vindicated. So everybody pretty much feels like they did the right thing. And we're all back to loving each other and giving each other hugs. And that's yeah. It's, I hope that's the world you're living in when you hear this. But if not... If you happen to be out there and Omicron is a thing and it is spiking, uh, be safe, whatever that means to you. Be well, take care of yourself, and uh, take care of those around you. Until next time, this is Jim signing off. Cheers.